Welcome to Gear Vlogs Automotive Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Gear, where I share my enthusiasm for all topics automotive. Welcome to the Gear Vlogs uh, Automotive Podcast, taping Season 3, Episode 7. Um, if you're new here, thanks for following me, and if you're listening to me on Clubhouse, I'm broadcasting live while I'm recording this on Clubhouse on the uh, Gear Vlogs uh, Clubhouse page. Um, if you want to be a part of the show and ask, raise your hand and ask questions about any of the story topics that we answer today, feel free to uh, join me and uh, do this. If you could, also in the comments down below, I'm trying to fine-tune the analytics right now are hit and miss. But if you can kind of give me a hint, leave a comment, tell me what time, best times of the day work for you. I'm trying to do this as a daily show, like five days a week, uh, maybe more, uh, depending on demand. Um, yeah, trying to see what best time of the day works for you and your schedule for so you can listen and enjoy the show and be able to call in and participate. Um, also, throwing this out there. If you guys would want a hotline number, voicemail account box number that you could call in and leave your comics that I can use for the next podcast that I can air on the next podcast. If that's something you guys like to do, would like to see, let me know in the comments down below in on this podcast. So let's get into the first story. Here we go. California lawmakers want to give you $2,000 off your internal combustion engine to EV conversion. The bill is a good start, but the pennies compared to the full cost of a conversion? That's questionable. Let's get into it. California is pulling out all the stops before the state's 2035 gasoline engine ban. The last move by the state officials has some aftermarket backing. KTLA reports that a bill has been proposed that would give residents $2,000 towards the price of converting their gas vehicles to EV. The bill was introduced by two state senators, Anthony J. Portolino, D of District uh, 25, and Joseph Newman, Democrat of uh, District uh, 29, and also has the surprising sponsor of SEMA. Okay, that's interesting. If passed, the bill would create a rebate program called the Zero Emission Aftermarket Conversion Project, or ZACP, Z-A-C-P, it would allocate $2 million annually towards the fund to provide California residents of up to $2,000 to convert their gas and diesel engine vehicles to zero emission vehicles. SEMA says that it's the future of the aftermarket industry and preserves California's diverse and deep-rooted car culture. They also say said it's a way to keep classic cars running 
on the road. While all of this looks great on paper, there are a couple of problems. Yeah, I can perceive it quite a few. The first is state zero emission and EV goals. California is aiming for 35% of all new vehicle sales to be EVs in just three years. And while it's on its way with 285,900 BEV purchased in the state in 2022, making up nearly 15% of newly new vehicle sales, there are still millions of gas vehicles on the road. True, plus, let's call it like it is, the state also does not have anything in place to for the demand that they're proposing for in infrastructure. I mean, you know, you got days where the, governor, the current governor is going on the news saying, Please don't charge your electric vehicles because of, uh, we're trying to conserve power for the power grid. So imagine what that's going to be like coming during the summer months when a bunch of AC units, commercial and home and residentials, are uh, kicking on to uh, deal with uh, heat demand. And uh, what's that going to do to a power grid currently? And in my personal opinion, that 2035 goal it's all good and dandy. I'm all for clean air, you know, fresh breathing, fresh air. But the infrastructure is not in place. Realistically, I think it's going to be at least another 15 to 20 plus years before I think we can be at a point to where we can adopt EV vehicles. And also, I'm, I got a personal beef also with... It being the rebate being for just EV vehicles. There are other alternatives, zero, possibly zero emission vehicles. Uh, there's a gentleman who's in the process of getting certified a conversion kit to take a internal combustion engine and getting it to be powered on hydrogen. And from my understanding, emissions are way lower, may not be zero, but a lot cleaner than uh, fossil fuels. So, those are my two cents on that aspect. Comment down below on what you think. I would like to hear your guys' arguments or whatnot. And do you think $2,000 rebate is going to be enough? I also did a, if you check my stories on my YouTube channel, I did a story on a, uh, uh, an outfit that I'm uh, going drawing a blank at the moment. It's a website that, uh, Put you the DIYer if you want to convert your vehicle with resources and shops for doing the conversion. And I guarantee that $2,000 is definitely not, it's going to be a drop in the bucket for doing the conversion. I don't care what EV or DIY person that you are, that you're going to be able to do that um, conversion. But that's what I'm leaving at right now. So, link to the story will be in the show notes. So, let's move on to the next one. Uh, let's, here we go. Toyota GR Supra will reportedly live on as an electric sports car in the next generation. But first, an even more souped-up internal combustion engine variant. <laughs> here we go. 
Reports out of Japan say that the current fifth generation Supra will not be the last. However, it might be the last one with an internal combustion engine. The Grapevine Whispers claim that the next generation GR Supra will carry the nameplate on an electric sports car. But before that happens, an even more hardcore performance variant may be built to send off the gasoline engine with a bang. Both rumors come from Japan's best car magazine. They say the ultimate internal combustion engine Supra may have as much as 542 horsepower, which would be a significant step up from the current 382 for a 3-liter Turbo 6. The components with the output of the same engine in the BMW M3 CS and M4 CSL Instead of the GR Super nameplate, it could well wear the GRMN prefix, which stands for Gazoo Racing, tuned by the Meisters of the Nuremberg Ring, and is reserved for only the hottest of the hot GR models. The name is a tribute to longtime Toyota chief test driver Hiromu Nara Narsu, who died by the circuit while testing the NLX Lexus LFA. This Supra Supra, if you will, is slated to be the final model on the A90 chassis, according to Best Car Production, of which will come at the end of 2025. I would like to see if that uh, option will be reaching the U.S. market and if they'll uh, be able to get it certified for the U.S. market. Maybe worth if you're in the spec, uh, spec, uh, speculation market or car collector, would you uh, start getting your deposits ready now to place it for your um, collection with your local uh, Toyota dealer? Comment down below. And links to the story will be in the, uh, obviously, show notes as well. And our last technical story here will be Elon Musk accuses Ralph Nader of lying over claims he took taxpayers to the cleaners with Tesla. It's not clear why Nader made the accusation about Musk and Tesla. Elon Musk accused consumer advocate and former presidential candidate Ralph Nader of lying about he claimed the billionaire had taken taxpayers to the cleaner with Tesla. In a Friday tweet, Nader wrote that Musk started Tesla with a huge U.S. government welfare grant. However, Musk did not start Tesla as it was founded in 2003 by entrepreneurs Martin Erberhard and Mark Tarping, Tarpenning. Nader, 88, accused Musk of taking taxpayers to the cleaners for his factories and for Starlink. 
he is a gigantic corporate welfare king masquerading as a capitalist businessman. Wow. It is not clear why Nader made the accusations about Musk and Tesla. The tweet ends with R meaning it was written by Nader himself rather than one of his staff. Musk responded, Ralph Nader, no, Ralph Nader, you were lying. Shame on you. I personally provided almost all Tesla funding based on my proceeds from PayPal. Musk got about $175 million when eBay bought PayPal for $1.5 billion in 2002. He, came, he became the largest shareholder in Tesla after making a $6.5 million investment in 2004 and took over as CEO in October of 2008. In late 2008, I gave Tesla... The last money I had, it was that or the company would have died. We closed that funding round at 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, Musk tweeted. If we had not closed that round, Tesla would have gone bankrupt two days after Christmas. I gave my last money thinking Tesla would probably still die, not thinking that it would be lucrative. Musk added in his tweet to Nader that the first meaningful government funding Tesla received was in the second quarter of 2010, according to its website. Tesla got about $465 million from the Department of Energy to accelerate the production of electric vehicles. Musk con- concluded that Tesla paid back that loan early with interest and the taxpayers actually made a profit. In a press release in May of 2023, the EV maker said it has repaid the loan nine years early. I would like to thank the Department of Energy and the members of Congress and their staff that worked hard to create the ATVM program and particularly the American taxpayer from whom those funds originated. Musk, at the time, I hope we did you proud. In an open letter on February 17th, Nader called on Apple CEO Tim Cook and hedge fund titans to use their wealth to organize direct relief for the victims of earthquakes in Turkey and Syria and other major refugee areas such as the starving children of Somalia. Tesla and Nader didn't immediately respond to requests for comment from Insider made outside normal working hours. So it was, this came all came from a Business Insider article, so links to this story and whatnot will be in the uh, show notes. Now, Nader, I'm surprising Nader being a uh, lawyer, or I'm not sure if he still practices law or not, um... What do you guys think if Musk has a uh, grounds for a defamation uh, lawsuit? Calling, you know, Nader calling him a, uh, you know, you know, claim about uh, milking the government, uh, you know, for the funds. And where was his proof? If uh, Musk says he paid back the government, and it seems like he does, yeah, it'd be interesting for a uh, 
call. You know, probably like Musk probably doesn't need the additional legal battles, but uh, if anything, I'd be uh, asking Nader for a formal apology. That's the least he could do. So, yeah, I think I'll uh, tweet that out and uh, see what Nader is going to do. Yeah. And now a uh, message from our uh, one of our channel sponsors, namely me. Hey, I want to take a moment to uh, introduce you and let you guys know about uh, our Amazon storefront that uh, I have. Um, by having the storefront, it's one additional way for me to earn commissions on products I recommend and you know introduce to you, my viewers, that uh, goes towards help supporting the uh, channel various operating costs be it my is paying for paying for my isp to equipment and gear and products to purchase for future reviews um yeah so i'll have a link in the video description where you can check out the storefront and if there's something that in particular that you want um and you want to support the channel that you you're going to be ordering from Amazon anyway. Um, reach out to me via DMs on Instagram or, you know, via, you know, email to uh, contact me with a particular product that you're interested in uh, ordering from Amazon. And I can generate a, an affiliate link for you to where it doesn't cost you anything. You can use that affiliate, affiliate link. And, um, you make the purchase and in one small way doesn't cost you anything outside of what you already spend money on to uh, help purchase uh, and support um, us here at uh, Gearblogs through the uh, Amazon uh, affiliate program. So, yeah, thanks for uh, taking this moment and back to the show. Welcome back. Okay, first video, YouTube video, and link will be in the show notes. Um, we got a story from CNBC, Pepsi's new Tesla semis. Yeah, in this video, they talk about uh, Tesla's taking uh, delivery of their order of, um, of their uh, Tesla semi-trucks. And in this particular case, they're in Fresno, California, and since... Pepsi owns Frito-Lay or Frito or well, Cheetos, basically, chips. As you can see here, this one's done up in the Cheeto uh, lineup. And the trucks have about a 400 to 450-mile range on a single charge. And they talk about how they work with local municipalities to set up their distribution center to have these gigantic power charging setups so it'll be interesting to um see how this works out for them based on the range and whatnot to charge up these vehicles and run so it'll be interesting to uh see uh how it goes and if um well the question is obviously pepsico has the charging stations in at their facilities but 
will since now that they're starting to Tesla is rolling out these Tesla semis, are they going to kind of eventually start coming up with a commercial version of their charging lo station locations, but for the semis since of the larger power demand? Is uh, Tesla going to get into the you know installing these charging units at regular truck stops? Comment down below. So, uh, yeah. That was the interesting story on that one. Um, yep, let's move on to the next story. Next story is from Album. Um, and this one, it's actually a pretty good video to uh, check out. He basically documents, did a real good documentation of the start of Pagani, um, Horatio Pagani and the start of his company from him, you know, his early days in Argentina, building his own formula, you know, race car and getting the support of Alfa Romeo, you know, in Argentina to supply him an engine and then plus then the venture support of, you know, his history of him moving, selling off everything he had in, um, Argentina and moving his family to Italy, even not even though he didn't even have a a job set up and the tide and tribulations, and uh, yeah, it's definitely a wor video worth uh, checking out if you're a fan of the uh, um, Pagani uh, automobiles. Definitely worth uh, a look at checking out. And let's move on to the next story. And this one uh, was actually kind of a surprise. I know it's not automotive, but it's still kind of like gear-ish elated. Um, this particular uh, channel is called Rami RC, and he did a documentation. Uh, apparently, uh, actor-director Tyler Perry is a big RC hobbyist. And apparently he has a warehouse where... We're not talking like small-scale planes. He's got these large size scale planes, as you can see pictured in the thumbnail. And uh, this particular gentleman was there to cast a carbon fiber body of a Gulfstream um, RC car or RC plane that they're building. And uh, he did several conversions and. It's surprising that they're using electric turbines instead of what your typical gas motor turbine jet engines for these aircraft. So it was an interesting learning experience, and I'm surprised um, at the technology that uh, is involved to uh, that you can fly some of these planes and. Uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out um, that aspect. And so that is about it. So leave a comment down below what you guys think of these videos. This was a short one for today. Um, obviously nobody here to, um, to come on. And so...
yeah, be sure to leave a comment down below. All show notes will be in the show notes. And if you could do me a favor.